0: You've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go! What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Truly appreciate everybody for tuning in. Whether you love me, whether you hate me, don't give a damn. I just appreciate your attention at this point. So, oh, love y'all, love y'all. Let's jump right into the, to the fight game, man. UFC. 293 passed last weekend over in Australia, a beautiful event, one hell of an event. Great job, Dana White, whole crew, everything y'all do, man, it was beautiful, it was beautiful. So, here we go, UFC 293, let's go, let's go. We got Jack Jensen, I just want to, you know, my heart goes out to you, man. I'm not sure exactly what happened with his arm, whether it was a break or dislocation of the elbow, either way, Jack Jensen, man, my heart goes out to you. Lost the fight to Chepe Mariscal. Um, It sucks for me. I lost all my bets because of Jack uh, Jensen. I definitely had him on every one of my bets. I thought for sure he was going to outstrike him as he was doing. Land those leg kicks. But shout out to Chepe, man. Nothing but respect. He definitely made it into a dirty boxing. Got it against the cage. Put a whooping on that boy. Went to take it to the ground. And pop goes the elbow. Remind me of my Pop Warner days when I was playing cornerback and I was on the outside, and I'll never forget Mr. Villarreal. He ended up getting knocked backwards and his arm snapped. I just remember that pop and the scream that followed. It's one of those things you'll never forget. So, just my heart goes out to Mr. Jack Jensen. Hopefully, you can heal up and hopefully, no ligament damage or anything like that. And I don't know. You know, I just wish you the best, man. My heart goes out to you. Who Chepe fights next? I really don't care. He wasn't putting up a stand-up performance he didn't really look too spectacular no disrespect he definitely won the fight definitely brought it to the the cage showed a willingness to transition mid-fight especially because things weren't going his way it was beautifully done but whoever he fights he's just not not on that championship level if i you know had to put you know blatant and who he fights next. It just wasn't impressive enough for me to even care, so I didn't even look into it to see who I would care for him to fight. But if he is fighting, I'll watch it because dude's a dog. Next, 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 Uh, Carlos Ulberg. He beat Daywon Jung or some shit like that with a submission in the very last seconds of round three. Um, A lot of people didn't even see the submission. Thought the fight was over. However, they did give him the submission. Great job by the commission. Um, i not going to lie, man. The judges, the commission, a lot of people been doing good lately. So, company, good job on not fucking things up. So, Mr. Umberg, Umberg, uh, congratulations, man. Dominated the fight. Thought it was beautiful. His striking was, you know, on point. What's next for, for him? It's got to be a ranked opponent. we got to do a ranked opponent, man. You deserve it. It's, 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 it's there, man. It's there. Ranked opponent. You can give him Dustin Jacoby and that are, that'll give him the 15 spot. So at least he gets in the ranking. Um, Dominic Reyes. I'm not sure how he's still even up there and he's ranked 13. You could definitely give him Dominic Reyes. If Ray, I mean, I think he'll eat Reyes up, eat Reyes up, or you can give him Ryan Spann coming off that controversial decision against, uh, Anthony Smith, Lionheart. And, uh, Ryan Spann, I think, would be a good little matchup for him. I'm not sure. I think Ryan Spann's 10 now, so there you go, man. You can put Oberg against any three of those guys. It's going to be probably leading to retirement if you put him up against Dominic Reyes. Um, Tyson Pedro versus Anton. Tyson Pedro had his home crowd. Oh, man. That was just Tyson Pedro said he didn't like him going into the fight for some reason and came out with a round one KO that was just beautiful i mean and that samurai celebration was just intense you could see it in the eyes who's next um i mean tyson pedro you, you almost gotta he's he's been around he's definitely tried to jump up in the competition but you almost have to give him the how do you say that book uh bucacus bucacus that's it bucacus you got to get in the Bukaskas rematch. I mean, he has to prove it. I believe he lost a decision, if I remember correctly, and he's, he's just go back. I, th- I believe they both don't have a fight right now. They're both coming off wins and just give him the opportunity to jump back up. It's going to be hard to convince Bukowskis to, you know, fight the lower guy. But I think that, you know, Tyson Pedro has earned it. And with the hype that's coming off of this, it might be a good thing for Bukaskas to get the recognition. Justin Taffa versus Austin Lane, round one KO. It was a banger. It was scary because Austin Lane caught Justin Taffa again with the eye poke and very concerning, you know, going right at it. I think that says a lot about Austin Lane's defense and just the way that he defends being that he caught him with another eye poke immediately when the fight, you know, began. And you got to keep the, I mean, it comes down to the gloves. And other than the gloves, it's just you got to keep those hands closed. It comes down to the ref, ref, you got to make sure he's doing it. Um, ranked opponent next. Uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. You know, Tafa. He's a banger. Taffa is a banger. But we watched Tatuavasa shoot up the rankings. I have nothing against uh, Justin Taffa shooting up the rankings. I mean, if you want to give him somebody, I would like to see him go against uh, what's his name, Blavoy Blavloy? Blavoy Ivanov, or even a. Uh, Rohirio DeLima, or whatever his name is, just got KO'd by Derek Lewis. I believe he's still ranked, so that'll at least get Justin Taffa into the rankings. When it, You know, it'd be nice to see a number next to his, his name. he definitely come out here, put on some bangers. But, I mean, Blavoy is just, he, he's, he doesn't go down. So, I think that would personally be a good fight. But, Justin Taffa, man, he's got some heat. He's throwing them. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful. Um. Let's see. Let's see. And at that point, I think I'm. He's not even chasing a name. There's not too many names for him to really come upon recognition. Justin Toffa's is probably going to be the bigger name in whatever fight he goes against. But he's got to get a number. Just give him the number. He's just give. You know, he's going to be the big name because man, he's got it. But the next fight was beautiful. I loved everything about it. Um. It. It was. It was even the press conference where he was yelling and throwing shit at uh, a Kiar, Kiar. France. All right, the hell you say that? Manuel Cape, man. Manuel Cape versus Felipe Dos Santos. That was a beautiful war. Three-round decision. Um, Dos Anjos, what a debut. I think he was supposed to debut in the Contender Series. Or he did play. uh, He was supposed to debut this weekend, actually, UFC Fight Night. That's what it is. But shit happens, got changed up, paired up with Manuel Cape because KR France couldn't make it, and he showed up. I mean, he showed up hands down. He took a beating, but he was there the entire fight. That was a beautiful fight. If you would missed it, go back. You got to rewatch it. It's a beautiful display. Both gentlemen displayed great talent. Um, Felipe Dosano sh- showed one hell of a chin to keep going. And Manuel Cape, he just, I mean, he's sharp, man. He's very sharp. It was beautiful the way he was boxing. And everybody knows what's next for him. It's Cara France, especially after that, you know, post fight when he just called everybody in his camp by we're just gonna say the F word. And it was it was he made all the headlines. He was there. He definitely It's there. It's there. It's there to be made. It has to be made. If it's not made it's a big disappointment to all the fight fans. So that one was super easy. Alexander Volkov versus Ty Tuavasa, round two submission. Um Volkov, great use of range man. He's just showing that he is improving. I would say He's not the quickest. You know, he doesn't have the speed, and I don't think he ever will. Just his build, the way that his muscles, you know, those, those twitch fibers and all that good stuff, but his use of range was just dominant. Um, Ty was definitely giving it his all like he always does, but it was just hard to overcome that range. He did do some great body shots. It's tough, man, for Volkov because the top ones, the top guys are pretty much accounted for. You already know what's going on up there. You can give him the polar bear just because the polar bear is still number seven. I believe Volkov's number six. And uh, just number wise, they're right around each other. But the polar bear was just completely dominated by who was that? Surreal Gone. And it didn't look fair. But Sergey, you he one hell of a warrior. I would say Sergey versus Volkov be a decent little matchup. Um, to Avassa at this point. I know he's going downhill quick. I would, I would pair him up with uh, Jacinio Rosenstroh. I think that'll be a great matchup. I think, you know, two bangers. At least we will go out there and give him what we want to see and just see how he does and figure out, you know, where he is. Is he really in the top 15? Because he's dropping drastically. I know he was up there. He was definitely competing up on the big stage, and uh, we're going to find out. Great entertainer, amazing, you know, punching power. But, whoo boy, it's hard when you're messing with somebody volkov size that dude is a monster sean Strickland versus israel adesanya five round decision i don't have to tell y'all what the hell happened that was a beautiful showing of boxing that was just a boxing demonstration just held down sean Strickland. hey you want to give it whatever you get and you know what you're getting the one two you better avoid it and um what's next we're just going to jump right into that and Israel Adesanya, he wasn't off, man. I I gave him round two. I thought that he did really well. I thought they started figuring out Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland kind of slowed down. Um, but I thought Israel did win round two. I thought he was there. He was present. He was giving it one hell of a fight. He was just different styles. Styles make fights, man. And definitely Sean Strickland was well prepared. I think his time with uh, Alex Pierre definitely paid him a huge benefit. And... What's next is probably a rematch. Um, I heard Dana White say he definitely didn't make it concrete or anything. Israel Adesanya coming off a loss, win, loss. He may not be entitled to a rematch, but personally, I think a lot of people would like to see it. Um, People would like to see Sean Strickland win again. I don't think people want to see Israel Adesanya come back and pull off another victory. Maybe some of you all out there, but... Sean Strickland man he's one hell of a one hell of a champion so far i definitely posted a video of him breaking the belt and using duct tape to fix it and guns all over the walls and it was amazing it was amazing just because i know he's just pissing people off left and right and uh, thankfully he has no kids or you'd have cps on his ass Let's jump on over. UFC Fight Night showing up tomorrow. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Dana White, great job. Another stellar card. I can't believe this one is free, especially with Valentina Shevchenko. We got Kevin Holland. We got bangers up at the top, and we got a huge upset coming. I'm going to tell you about that right, 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 right now. (laughs) UFC Fight Night, folks. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to start off with the Josephine Knutson versus – Marmick man. Um, definitely we're gonna say lopsided on the odds. We got minus six hundred for Knutson and plus four twenty five for Man. Um, I'm gonna be honest, man. I try. I tried to review some tape. It was very boring. Very boring. Uh, Man was KO'd on the contender series. I could watch that. I remember it was uh, Bruno, I believe her last name or Silva. Silva Bruno. Bruno Bruno Silva. uh, something. Silva or Bruno. One of them two. She caught her with a head kick, KO'd man. Man, she does not have any um, explosiveness. She's definitely out there. A little tough cookie. We'll give her that. Um, Goes out there, gives it her all. Uh, Take nothing away from her. I think she's a warrior at heart. She's definitely displayed that. Just not the most talented um, 0-1 in the UFC. We have Josephine, 2-0 in the UFC, has gone out there, displayed no... Highlight reel, as I said, very boring tape, but she's very sharp on, very talented, very well-rounded, very sharp in all the areas, and, uh, I mean, pretty precision punches, just doesn't have the power to really bring up those, uh, the damage factor, we'll say. Uh, Next one, so, Josephine, you gotta take Josephine, it's so lopsided, I'm not even going to go through that one, Alex Reyes versus Charlie Campbell, this one Nathan Levy, or Nathan Levy, is uh, replaced by Charlie Campbell. This is a big one, definitely a big one. Uh, Nathan Levy, one hell of a fighter, definitely over there, very involved in the um, Israeli-Palestinian conflict going on verbally online right now, calling out calling out Kazmat Chemaev for his comments on the situation. My personal opinion, I'll get into this on a whole nother episode, but... As professionals, it's just real tough getting that type of nationalism, I think it comes down to, because it's nations, but it's almost racism because it's nations divided by race, unlike here in America where we're pretty much all intertwined over there. There's a lot more segregation, and I don't have too much to speak on that. I just wish as professional player, I wish that they would keep it professional, but this is the fight game. This is not a team sport. You don't have organizations overseeing the, you know, the public figures and stuff like that so you're not really holding up to a you're not held to the standards of an organization in the team aspect with the organism you know in the company on top so it's a little structured different dana white lets these guys do whatever they want sean strickland is a perfect example so rock on man i'm no hater i am no hater at all but with that being said Alex Reyes coming back from the King of the Cage days. I remember this guy, man. I remember Dominic Reyes' brother. Um, I I did wonder what happened to him. I remember he finally made it to the UFC. He lost to Mike Perry in 2017 after three-day notice he took. I believe he moved up in weight, too. For those that don't know who the hell Mike Perry is, I don't know where you've been, but he's like the bare-knuckle king right now. He definitely had ups and downs in the UFC. But... I mean, the dude's, dude's a warrior. Nobody will ever question that. I believe he's the backup fighter right now for whichever one of the Pauls is coming up to fight the Dylan Dennis. And he's just a dog. He's a fighter. He's always there. I love everything about him. And Mike Perry, one hell of a guy. So losing to Mike Perry, especially on a three-day's notice, jumping up weight, can't blame Alex Reyes for that. Prior to that, he was on a 13-win streak, all by KOs and submissions. I mean, this dude's whooping ass. I remember him in uh, King of the Cage. He would just... One to reckon with, you know, Alex Reyes. People wonder what happened, you know, six years since his last fight. He actually had a spinal infection. He was over there getting, uh, what are the stem cells? And he was getting a stem cell injection, and those go into your spine, and it got an infection. So he had a spinal infection. Doctors were telling him that he'd never walk again. He ended up fighting it. You know, first round of antibiotics didn't work, he said. The second round, it actually worked. He got back to it. Back in the fight game. I believe he had a fight scheduled earlier this year. They got canceled, so it got you know rebooked, and now he's over here. His, his opponent didn't make this fight in Levy, but Charlie Campbell steps up. It's hard to bet against Reyes, but it's hard to bet on him. Ring Rust is a real thing, especially with two fighters that come out banging. Charlie Campbell and Reyes both typically do not make it out of the first round with six years of ring rust. Reyes is hard to think he's going to be up to speed but it's hard to bet against him man 13 fight win streak and he was dominating then again his level of competition was king of the cage and I used to love going to king of the cage events a lot of them are real local to me I'm down in San Bernardino so everybody knows Sam well. all those things are all real local so Soboba I've been there multiple times seen plenty of king of the cage and I'm about that life um Alex Reyes, man. Can't believe he's back. Super super betting on him, man. I'm rooting for him. I'm really rooting for him. Um, he's 36 years old now. I don't think he has too much of a future in the organization just due to his age. You know, not too many 40-year-old fighters, but very talented for what he's gone through. I'm rooting for him. I want him to pull the upset. His competition is it, it's serious, man. Charlie Campbell, didn't know too much about him. Seven and two. Oh man, he would be on a seven fight win streak if it wasn't for one punch. And it was on the contender series. He was dominating the fight against Mr. Duncan. Duncan was getting uppercut, uppercut, uppercut. Boom. Catches Campbell with the right hand out of desperation. Sinks him. Campbell's been winning ever since. I'm not even gonna lie. I and mean, the dude's a he's he's a trooper, man. I'm watching. I wanna bet for Alex, you know, for Reyes, but he's got one hell of a fight on his hands. Campbell, he's he's a dog, he's coming out here, he's a lot younger and He's looking to make a name for himself. So Reyes, I mean, he could definitely he can upset. I'm gonna take him on a couple picks on DraftKings, but Campbell is definitely, I would say, more than likely gonna win. First round. I would bet this one first round. I don't see it making it out of it. And these are two bangers. This fight should have a star next to it. This is gonna be this is gonna be one hell of a competition. The next fight, oh, man, I'm so ashamed that it's this far down on the card because I'm looking forward to it so much, man. Tracy Cortez versus Jasmine Jura, Jura Vicious. There we go. Tracy Cortez, last I checked, was minus 278, but I did see a, some a lot closer. Um, she's 10-1. and one. Jasmine, she's 9-2. and two, So this is, you know, very, 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 very serious competition here. Um, Jasmine's 4-1 and one in the UFC. Tracy Cortez five fight win streak in the UFC all decisions one split decision and um, Jasmine her only loss was to Natalia Silva who has been making a you know name for herself she's out here doing damn good uh, those who don't know who she is she's very sharp in the striking game well rounded on the ground you know very very good fighter so for Jasmine to lose to her hey that was only last year and it you know can be expected that's one hell of a fighter right there in miss Silva. So, um, civil. Yeah. Yeah. So two fight, win streak, all decisions. So that's where Jasmine is, you know, don't see her just looking at both of them. It's probably going to go to decision. You got to admit it just the way that their records draw out. But if Tracy Cortez really wants to put a stamp on her division, this is the opportunity. Um, we have Aaron Blanchfield up top. We have, uh, What's her name? Marin Farah, F- 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 Man- Marin M- Manon? No, Manon, I think it was Manon Farah, or whatever the hell her name is. She's been banging—I mean, banging—got girls out. So we got two of the number one contenders up there, and the only person ever to beat Aaron Blanchfield is Tracy Cortez. Tracy Cortez, since she's got into the UFC, is on a five-fight win streak, but they're all by decision. UFC, you gotta put that stamp. You gotta, you gotta get that finish. So. Hopefully, Tracy Cortez can go out there, even do a round one KO or round one submission, just something beautiful that really puts a stamp. Round two's okay. I mean, but got to get a finish. If you want to be up in that conversation, she is on one hell of a win streak. But, I mean, you don't want to be the female Bala Muhammad. We all know that. You know what I mean? Just uh, I wish I had the bogus sound, but I took it out. So, we'll just do this. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, man. Just saying the name Bilal Muhammad, man. Dude couldn't sell out the Apex Center. Oh, man. So, Tracy Cortez, I'm taking her for the win. Definitely want to see her move up. I think this is a huge opportunity for her. She's ranked 14. Jasmine's ranked 15. Two ranked opponents fighting on the prelims. I can't believe it. And they're not even the main event, which they should be. But because this is a Mexico fight card and Loopy is from Mexico, she moves up into the main event on the prelims but we're not even to that point yet edgar chavez also a mexican fighter versus daniel lacerda daniel lacerda he's plus 270 so he's definitely the underdog he's 11 of 5 but 0 oh and 4 in the ufc one submission three ko's he showed that he was not on this level yet in the ufc for that reason i think everybody will be picking edgar chavez uh you just have to at that point. He's 10 and five Mexico fighter going to be at home. Only bout in the UFC was against uh, Tashiro Tiara. Ta-i-ti-ara. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. haven't really practiced your name in a while, but one hell of a fighter he's been on his own run. So for him, his only loss there, his only fight in the UFC can't really blame him. Uh, that dude's moving up through the levels very quickly and displaying one hell of a ground game. So, Ed, Ed Edgar, can't blame him there on the loss. He definitely lost to the better fighter, but I think he's the better fighter in this fight. Edgar was scheduled to fight Felipe Dos Santos. Be thankful, bro. Felipe is a warrior from Brazil, and he showed that in his last fight when he fought uh, Cape. And be thankful, bro. I don't know who looked out for you. Somebody did, but we're going for Edgar on this one. We got Roman Kapiloff. Roman Kapalov versus... Josh Freeman. Now this one's tough, man. This one's really tough. Uh, Roman is the favored, uh, pretty heavy, minus two twenty. He's three and two in the UFC. If he has a weakness, on the floor. Um, nobody wants to stand with Roman, man. He he's banging. He's up there. He's got very well, you know, very good striking. Almost on that Sugar Sean type build, um, the way of the length and everything, and the way that he hits. Definitely on the, I would say, the Sugar Show type version two. You know, the Roman the. The Russian Sugar Show. There you go. We'll put him on that one. But his competition that he's facing, Josh, eleven and four, um, two and two in the UFC, two fight win streak. He definitely had a tough start. It's gonna be. It's man. It, he recently beat Jamie Pickett in just a war. But with Roman Kapalov knowing his weakness is definitely going to be the ground game, and Josh is capable of getting this fight to the mat. That's all I can say about that. So if he decides to fight that fight, it's going to be a tough one, man. It's really going to test Roman's um, takedown defense. And that has showed its own flaws. And once he gets down to the ground, he showed an inability to get back up. I think if Josh wants to stand and bang, he's going to learn the hard way. But if he really wants to use his experience and if he has a really, you know, stays according to his fight plan and has a good one in place, it's going to be interesting, The thing that gets me on this fight was Josh's last fight. He missed weight by four pounds. He said he's never missed weight in his life. He was very ashamed of it as a wrestler and as somebody that takes that very serious. Um, He apologized multiple times, but it is just concerning that he has missed weight in his last bout. Um, You just question the weight cut and how he's coming down, how his body's starting to react as he's getting older. Maybe he needs to move up in weight, but he says, you know, that's not what he's looking to do, so... We'll see. Hopefully, he does a good weight cut and he stands a chance. But due to that factor, I I put my money on Roman. But Josh has the chance to win, man. He has the tools that are required to win that fight. Not the way that the fans want it, but he can can pull off that upset. Lupe Um, This is the main event for the prelims. It's definitely a Mexico fighter versus Elise Reed. Both, opponent, both of these fighters actually had different opponents lined up for this fight card. And both of their opponents have withdrawn from the competition. So they got paired up. Um, it all matches up. They kind of, you know, expected when their people dropped out, they kind of knew where they were going to get, you know, matched up. Lupe is minus 400 so she is a heavy favorite, especially in Mexico. I'm not sure how much of a home field advantage these UFC fighters get. I know in the NFL it's like seven points or something, or three point. I forget four point. I forget. But I haven't been betting on the NFL. If you can't do, Lupe, ten and three, two, um, ten and three overall, two and one in the UFC, all decisions, two wins against winless opponents. So she hasn't displayed much greatness. So the minus four hundred is. Definitely, definitely tempting. Elise Reed, um, like I said, all of Lupe's are decisions, so we can expect a decision on her side. Elise Reed. Um, plus three hundred. So she, you know, supposed to lose seven and three. She's actually three and three in the UFC. All of her wins have been by decision, all of her losses have come by stoppage. I want you to think about this, Loopy. You got all decisions. Three fights in the UFC, all decisions. Elise Reed, it's three and three. Her three wins have been decisions. The three losses have been by stoppage. Uh, I believe one was submission and two were KOs, if I remember correctly. It's it's tough. You definitely see this fight. Loopy hasn't shown that she can go. Can can get the finish. If she can't get the finish, Reed has displayed that she will win a decision. She can be there for three rounds, and I believe that she may be. So, if I got a bet, we're at the plus three hundred. I'm picking Reed on this one. I I truly am. Loopy has gone out there; she looked great in what she's done. But all both of her wins were against nobody. I mean, ladies that probably aren't even in the UFC. I think one is, but they just they haven't won. They're yet to win in the UFC. So her level of competition has not been very great. I don't think this should be the main event. I think that Tracy Cortez should be the main event, especially against Jasmine with two ranked fighters. But we'll let the Mexico card have the Mexico main event right there on the prelims. I see a huge upset coming on that one. Let's get Reed going on that one. Take it, folks. Take it, folks, by decision. Oh, man, main event time, main event time. Here we go, main card. Not main event time, A main card. We got Fernando Padilla. Mexico fighter fighting Kyle Nelson. Kyle Nelson, solid striker. Um, seven fights in the UFC. He's two four and one. Definitely that one draw. We're gonna call it a draw. That was a loss. Uh, even his opponent even got the win bonus, I believe, from Dana White. It was just he got a point taken at some point. They gave it a draw. Nelson was dominated. So typically, I mean, to be honest, he's two and five in the UFC. Fernando Padilla for uh, fifteen and four overall. One fight in the UFC. He is one and zero, and he is very solid all around. I reviewed a lot of his tape um, from a lot of his Mexico fights because most of his fights are against you know the Mexico level competition. I say that, and um, I say that after watching a lot of boxing for a lot of years, you know, and we saw a lot of fighters come out of Mexico that were. 20-0, and 19-0, 18-0, haven't fought anybody. As soon as they hit that big leagues, you can expect a loss coming real quickly. I think Ryan Garcia was the last one to really come out of there. I'm not sure. I should have checked his record, see how inflated it was with the Mexico fights. I'm not really sure, but I do know how they work that. So when I see 15-4 and coming out of Mexico, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, and just I don't know what level of competition he's been doing, I believe, if I'm not, you know, if I believe this pretty strongly, he fought the same guy back to back. I think it was different organizations. And he had literally fought the same fighter, finished him in the first round both times, if I remember correctly, um, by submission both times. So it's just that's what I mean. You got to really look at the competition and say, what's really going on here? You know, months apart, he fought the same guy with two different organizations. It was like, what the hell? Why did they rematch it when he was submitted the first round by like armbar and the second time by some type of choke? Whatever. Going Fernando Padilla on that one. Definitely Kyle Nelson has shown an inability to uh to be on that UFC level of competition. With that being said, man, that dude is a dog. I was watching some of his highlights and he's out there. He's out there to fight. So I don't take I don't mean it disrespectfully in any way, shape, or form. They're just levels to this shit. Daniel Zelhuber, Zelhuber. I don't know how the hell you say that, but he's another Mexico fighter versus Christos Giagos. Um this is actually closer, I think, on paper than the odds give him. It's a minus 230. Like I said, Daniel is a Mexico fighter, so I do think he's getting that home field advantage. Plus, he's 13 and 1. He's coming from the contender series. You have Christos Giagos. He's uh, 20 and 10 with 1 and 2 in the UFC. Very experienced individual coming in against the youngster um daniel very well rounded and i believe he trains with couture mma so he actually trains with sean strickland and them you know smaller guy so he's not going to be in the same weight training he's not going to be sparring with sean strickland i don't think they'd do that to him but he definitely has a lot of knowledge down there he tapped in with a good team and has been surrounded by good people for that reason i am picking him in this fight um, Christos, I was watching his tape. Man, that dude can bang. He's definitely coming out. He has a lot of power. He doesn't mind going out there and just banging, but I do believe that this is set up for Daniel to get the win and to begin to shine. Here's my upset, folks, and I'm I'm going with this one, man. Raul Rosas Jr. He's a Mexico fighter. He's definitely minus four hundred. Seven and one. I know this is the eighteen year old sensation that hit the UFC and just fell out flat on his last performance. Um Showed that he can be dominated on the floor. He's going against Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell is 15-3. and He has a jiu-jitsu background. He has great energy this week. Um, He was also on the ultimate fighter. He lost to Cara France, who everybody knows now. I mean, he's up there. I think he's ranked number six. He's out there. He's competed for the belt. So Cara France is up there, and he's top level. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch just because of his style. And I mean, he's just his skill. He's been, you can tell that he's been in the gym a long time and he listens well because he makes all the adjustments. And I love everything about car France, except for that big tongue. He he always sticks his tongue out and does that weird ass shit. And it always reminds me of like the kiss dolls or something like that. That shit's weird to me, but teach her on. It doesn't matter to me. Car France, one hell of a fighter, Terrence Mitchell. Can't blame him for going down to car France. And, uh, I mean, yeah, gotten kind of supposed to at that point. I think he was also beaten one time after that possibly, but Terence Mitchell, man, he's, he's displayed he's displayed uh ability. He oh, he he fought uh Saman. That's who he lost to last. And Saman, I believe he's 9 and 0 now. He's undefeated. He's the South African fighter. South African sensation was right under Dreykus. I think he came out and in his post fight press conference told us about Dreykus and watch out because Dreykus is about to come out and upset. Was that the uh, Robert Whitaker night? I believe so, but yeah, Saman, man. He's one hell of a fighter. And he came out. He put it on Mitchell. Can't blame Mitchell for that. I believe Mitchell took it on short notice um, and came out. Tried to do his best in three weeks. Wrestling him pretty well at the beginning, but ended up just getting tapped out, if I remember. How did he lose? He got tapped out by... Crap, man! I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember how he got. Oh, he got. Uh, he was on his back, I believe. I believe he got on his back or something. Which, which is scary because Rosas can definitely get on your back. I'm going Mitchell just because of the money. Um, the, definitely the odds are stacked greatly against him. Roe Rosas, I don't understand how he's third on this card at seven and one, especially after the one the, the fight that he just lost and was completely dominated. Looked like boo-boo, to be honest. Once he got on his back, he couldn't get off. Mitchell has shown an ability to get fighters down. His top control has not been dominant, but with the team that he's training with, I'm hopefully that's something he could have cleaned up. I was listening to a lot of his uh, post-fight little interview and just listening to him talk about still being a salesman and selling appliances and this is part-time for him and he really wants this to go full-time with a win here and that, you know, he's devoted, man. Just listening to his struggle and what he's going through, it's it's beautiful to me. So this one I am betting with my heart, and the odds are there. So Terrence Mitchell, I am betting for him. I think this is going to be the upset of the weekend. I'm really hoping for it. Nothing against Raul Rosas. I don't really like the way that you know he talks, and I'm not for his presentation. I just don't think he, he has that pop. Um, I know Dana White loved him due to his age, but I think that hype is gone. I think that train has set sail you know that that think that that boat's gone man with that last performance and he's got to prove it to me now so terrence mitchell i do remember picking him last time he cost me money he'll probably cost me money this time but for plus 300 you got to bet it man so terrence mitchell come on with the upset use your jujitsu he's got great energy if you guys want to listen to a great conference just listen to him It has a cool little story and good luck brother good luck a fight everybody's looking forward to, man. Kevin Holland versus Jack Della Maddalena. Let's just give a shout-out to Kevin Holland, man. Fuck. Dude's always taking the hardest fight. I mean, you just give him anybody, man. He's just there. He's, he's, he's big mouth, man. He's always down. He's always down, man. I, I love that about him. Jack uh, Della Maddalena, he's 15-2 and two now. Um, I'm not even sure who the favorite Well, I think he was the favorite, minus 125, so he's slightly favored. This is real close. Um, 14 versus 13. Jack Della Madalena is actually ranked lower, but he is favorite. 3 and 0 in the UFC, but his last fight against Hatiz or whatever his name was, the the Habibi guy. One hell of a fighter, man. We got to give that guy get that guy back in the UFC. I want to see him fight again. That was a split decision. Jack Della Madalena did not impress in his last performance. Um, and the guy took it on a short notice, came in last second. I forget who he trains with, uh, Habibi, but uh, he came out and was just, he was giving an ass whooping, man. He was looking really good. He was a big, strong fighter, and he gave Jack Della Maddalena a run for his money. Jack got the win barely uh, by split decision, and I think he's going to have his hands full with Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland has already expressed that he's willing to stand up, but he's not scared to take him down as well. I think Kevin Holland will use this as an MMA match and actually take him down to the ground, get some ground and pound. By the time they get back up, it will probably exhaust him. Round two knockout, late round two. Um, in the last minute of round two, they'll probably knock him out with a right, left, right type combo. On to the main event, we got Grosso versus Shevchenko. Shevchenko was minus two fifty at the time that I wrote all this down. I think it's even closer now, but. I get it. Shevchenko, um very dominant in the first performance, I thought, but not super. I mean, definitely Grosso is in there standing with it. Grosso has some pretty good striking. Champions have a real bad statistics when it comes to getting a rematch and trying to get their belt back. It typically never happens, so it shouldn't happen, but Shevchenko, you can't bet against her, man. I love everything about that girl. I love her dedication to herself, to the sport, to the craft, to the martial art. She travels around the world to get the different teachings and the best people that she can get around her. So her sacrifice and her dedication to the martial art just right there is just uh, – it's 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 beautiful, man. It's just beautiful. Um, Grasso, she's um, – I believe – yeah, Grasso's in Mexico – uh, straight Mexico, still lives in Mexico. Straight one family, you know, hasn't traveled to get the roundabout training. But, I mean, this is going to be the real test. Do you need to travel the world or can you get home gym and just do it in your garage? There's a lot of great fighters that do do it in the garage right now, and I think that's pretty dope. Um, forgot who it was that I heard did it the other day, and I was just like, what the hell? Still fighting. It might have been Justin Toffler or somebody, but somebody's still fighting out of the garage. It's like, you yeah, got making it. So, uh, but yeah, Grasso, I believe her family is always, she's always been in a martial arts background, you know, her whole life. So we'll see, man. We'll see. It's going to be a war. I'm super excited. I think Shevchenko for sure is going to pull that one off. That's where my money's going. Taking Kevin Holland on the pick below them. Terrence Mitchell, Daniel, Fernando Padilla. We're going, uh, Reed for the upset down there against Lupe. Definitely going Roman, um, Edgar, I mean, you I know what I'm doing, man. Tracy Cortez, and it's beautiful, folks. It's beautiful. Tomorrow's the fights. Before I forget, I do want to thank, and this is a huge, 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 huge thank you, UFC 293. Just a, uh, an event that I'll never forget. One of the biggest upsets in sporting history, and I was able to watch it. All due to the wonderful, the amazing, the NFT projects. UFC strike, man. Let me give it up to them. My heart goes out to them. Truly, truly appreciate everything that they did. For those who don't know, got laid off recently. So I've been, you know, crunching the numbers, trying not to spend too much money. I love to support the fights. I try not to, you know, copyright and do all that crap just because I feel really bad. These fighters deserve all the money. You know what I mean? I I wish that I could support them more. I'm in their Discord. I got their NFTs. I've been invested with them a long time. Y'all heard me talk about them, man, and I won the code on a giveaway. I was so psyched. UFC strike. Thank you, man. from the bottom of my heart. Truly appreciate it. First thing I did as soon as I got that code, man, went on Instagram, you know, went on my social media. Like, all my friends, if y'all in the little area, come through. Come through, watch the fight. You know, I won. Let's win together. You know, and it's just... It's 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 beautiful, folks. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I truly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. UFC Strike, man. I love y'all. And uh, keep doing what you're doing over there. Super great conversations. They're always willing to transfer knowledge. And, you know, they keep it pretty positive in there. I've definitely said some things that have gotten deleted by their community manager because it's like, I'm Bob Dogg, man. I'm not supposed to, Not everything I say is right, but I'm also not scared to say shit either. Like, Bilal bitch-ass Muhammad being three fights in his last 15, even though his faggot-ass posting some shit... Oh, 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 oh. You can't say that word. Even though his ass posting some shit about it being, uh, what, three fights in his last 15? It ain't no three fights in the last 15, man. It's three fights in the last... What is, it? what is it? He said three finishes in the last eight fights. It was three finishes in the last... Was it two finishes? Three finishes in the last eight fights. And then you got to add seven before that that were all decisions. It was like, man, what the hell? But either way, man, love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. I know I'm supposed to apologize for saying the word that I said, but it's just, man, it's the culture, man. You listen to all those interviews, everybody dropping F-bombs left and right, man. It's just the way the shit goes, man. It's not... That everybody means it here to this person or that person. It's just a derogatory statement. People be calling them like bitches, but a bitch, they're not even dogs. They're not even female dogs. It's just a word that's in our vocabulary. So when they're out there yelling it on the thing, you got people apologizing and do a man, motherfucker be getting offended either way. If you ain't offending nobody, you ain't doing shit right. You're probably sitting on your couch. So love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um if I do offend anybody, I apologize just from the point that I would love to help everybody in this world, but I also don't mind telling motherfuckers the way that it is. So I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. I love y'all, and I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in 3, 2, 1...